0: Behind him, the door to the companionway clicked open, and the steward entered, holding a steaming cup of coffee in each hand. He gave one to Jean Vier and the other to the helmsman, taking his place at the wheel for a few moments while the man drank. Jean Vier opened the door and walked out onto the bridge. He stood at the rail, drinking his coffee and breathing deeply of the cold morning air, feeling considerably more cheerful. Once across Biscay, there was the long run south to look forward to. Madeira, then the cape and sun all the way. He finished his coffee, emptied the dregs over the side, and started to turn. A hundred yards to starboard, there was a sudden surge in the oily water. It boiled in a white froth, and a submarine broke through to the surface, strange and alien like some primeval creature in the dawn of time. Janvier stood at the rail, trapped by surprise, as he watched, the conning tower hatch opened, and a young officer in peaked cap appeared, followed by a sailor who immediately hoisted a small ensign. A sudden gust of wind lifted it stiffly, the red, white, and blue of the tricolor standing out vividly against the gray clouds. The steward emerged from the wheelhouse and stood at the rail. What do you make of her, sir? Jean Vier shrugged. God knows. Better get the captain. A third sailor appeared in the conning tower, a signaling lamp in his hands. The submarine moved in closer, narrowing the gap, and the lamp started to wink rapidly. A reserve naval officer, Jean Vier had no difficulty in reading the signal for himself. When he had deciphered it, he stood at the rail, frowning for a moment, then went into the wheelhouse and unhooked the signal lamp. As he moved back to the rail, the light flickered again from the conning tower, repeating her request. As Janvier replied with the message-received signal, the captain came up the ladder from the well deck, the quartermaster close behind. Henri Duclos was nearly fifty, and after thirty years at sea, five of them as a corvette captain with the Free French Navy, he found it difficult to be surprised by anything. "'What's all this?' he demanded. "'They've made the same signal twice,' Janvier told him. "'Heave to, I wish to come aboard.' "'What have you replied?' Message received. Duclos went into the wheelhouse and came back with a pair of binoculars. He examined the submarine for a moment and grunted. She's French, all right. I can see the uniforms. Small for a sub, though. He handed the binoculars to the quartermaster. What do you make of her? The old man took his time and then nodded. Lalouette, I saw her in Oran last year when the fleet was exercising. An ex-U-boat experimental job the Germans were working on at the end of the war, one of those the Navy took over. So now we know who she is, Duclos said. The point is, what in the hell does she want with us? He turned to Janvier. Ask her to be more explicit. There was a pause while the lamps flickered again, and Janvier turned blankly. She says, imperative I board you, matter of national importance. Please observe radio silence. The lamp on the conning tower of the submarine was still. What shall I reply, sir? Jean Vier said. Duclos raised the binoculars to his eyes for a moment, then took them down. What can you reply? If it's important enough for them to send a blasted sub after us, then it's important. Signal, come aboard. He grimaced at the quartermaster. I was looking forward to all that sun. My rheumatism's been killing me lately. Let's hope we don't have to go into Brest. The Quartermaster shrugged. Stranger things are happening in the Republic these days. Which Republic? Duclos demanded sardonically. Stand to all hands and get a ladder over the side. The Quartermaster moved away and Janvier lowered the lamp. They thank us for our cooperation. Do they now? Duclos observed. Let's hope they aren't wasting our time. Stop all engines! Jean Vier moved into the wheelhouse, and Duclos took out his pipe and filled it from a worn leather pouch, watching the submarine as he did so. The forward hatch was opened, and a large yellow dinghy hauled out and inflated. As the freighter started to slow, the two vessels drifted together until finally the gap had narrowed to no more than twenty or thirty yards. The submarine commander climbed down the ladder from the conning tower and paused at the bottom, watching the half-dozen sailors working on the dinghy. He was slim and rather boyish in his reefer jacket and rubber boots.